What is up, guys? This is Los Caballos del Norte podcast, available on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. This is uh, your host, Caballo Suarez, capital C, capital J, for uh, the second episode. And man, we are coming off a good one this time. Los Bravos went to Atlético San Luis on Friday and got a 3-0 victory, which for me was surprising. I did not expect a match like this. I thought uh, I thought we were going to see a lot more. Uh, I thought we were going to see San Luis a little bit more aggressive since they they were they were coming in some good form. But you know, as I said last week, I really liked what Juarez did and, and Gabriel Caballero did in going back to that two holding midfielder position. Uh, only reason why I, it might have been forced by Caballero, it may not have been a decision. Um, you know, there's two thinkings on that. Maybe Esquivel came back from Mexico and he just didn't want to risk it, even though in the past he has played Esquivel the same week that he participated in uh, Olympic qualifying uh, training. Or it could have just been that the good results that we saw against Santos for those last 25 minutes finally you know, clicked for him. And he decided that he uh, he wanted to go with what best put Juarez in a position to win, which is what happened. So breaking down the match, uh, we saw a starting 11 that we've, we've grown used to seeing now. Uh, we saw the same back line, which props to them. I mean, one of the biggest issues last year was, was taking uh, – was was the defensive line? You know, we had Jonathan Lacerda, Elio Castro. They're they're veteran defenders that don't have Liga MX quality, and 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 you know, I got to give props where props to do. And the front office did a really good job in in reinforcing that area. Israel Jimenez was a good was a good bringing on from last year. Velasquez is a good center back. Romo is he's he he along with uh, the assistant coach Jorge Pautas have been one of the most underrated signings this year. Um, he was a backup plan, and he came in right away, debuted, and he's really brought you know a sense of uh, stability to that back line. And then, of course, Maxi Oliveira, who's really taken over that left back position and has done a good job. You know, he has a goal and and he had an assist against St. Luis as well, and he he's been playing really well. And then we saw two holding midfielders. We know Thiago was going to be there. The only other one that you know was kind of up for debate was it was it going to be Rabunyal? Was it going to be uh, Esquivel? We saw Rabunyal get the start, which I don't mind. You know, Esquivel, you don't want to run him into the ground. You 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 need him. And then we saw Flavio Santos playing behind Lascano, but sort of that free position where he can also play in as that holding midfielder or attack. And then Sagal on one wing, Rayo Fernandez on the other, and of course Lascano's appointment. And I thought the first half was uh for the first twenty to twenty-five minutes was very how do I say? Very uh I, I would say the best word for it is fought, very fought out in terms of not much continuity, not much uh, idea of play. Um, and, and and to be honest, it's what was expected early in the match. San Luis is coming off great form. I would imagine Juarez was want to come and, and you know sort of show that what happened against Santos was a fluke, right? And that's how it kind of went for those first 25, 30 minutes. And then after that, I think I saw Juarez change and sort of take control. Um, and, and that's something we haven't seen them do as an away team for a, for a match, right? We saw them against America for about 15 to 20 minute stands, but I think they really dominated the first half, the whole first half. 
And because of that, we saw some goals, you know, and, and, and it seemed apparent that that the zero zero was going to be broken by some type of set piece that that sort of deal. And, you know, Romo took took advantage of it. You know, it was a really nice goal. He got it without a bounce. And then a couple minutes later, I, I that second goal, I kind of want to break down a little bit more because when you're shooting from that distance, you really want to you, – you're not really going for a goal, right? You know, it would take a player of the caliber of Roberto Carlos to score a goal from there, right? So what you're really trying to do is just have the ball rebound somewhere, right? You want you want the goalkeeper to have to make a play. You know, just test him out, right? And and that's, that's exactly what Lescano did. He he put the ball in a good position and make the goalkeeper save it. You know, see what he does, see what happens. Uh, you know, s- soccer is a lot about chances, and and by the goalkeeper making a mistake and and letting the ball lose, Fabio Santos is able to come and flick it in. And that was the two zero, and and from there we saw some some uh, some domination from Juarez, and then the third goal is when is is San Luis kind of changed their pace and trying to get one goal before going to the half, and that's when I thought it was an amazing play because you kind of see a little some some bit of the underlines from what the game plan is for this game, and you could tell that San Luis was trying to possess the ball and try to press a little bit but not too much try to press whenever they would lose the ball kind of like that fifa setting where it's a pressure on heavy touch or or pressure on possession loss something like that so as soon as they lost possession they they uh they pressed velasquez and velasquez gave it out to olivera and olivera very smartly he sees that they're pressing so he holds the ball for a little bit and as he's doing that i i I would imagine he sees the center backs pull up as he sees them pull up he just plays a perfect through ball for Lascano, who's just waiting for it to come in. And by gosh, what a goal that was. Inside foot, you know. And and that really kind of settled the match for me. Um, second half, I thought Juarez kind of took their foot off the gas pedal. They might have had some chances here and there, but I think they really much kind of put the car in neutral and kind of just said, let's ride out these 45 minutes um, and get these three points. And, you know, I don't, I don't mind that if you're up 3-0. Obviously, you'd like to see a little bit more of a counter-attacking presence. And, but we got lucky. You know, it wasn't San Luis's day. They had about three, three shots hit the woodwork. Vasquez had one critical save. Uh, one goal was disallowed by foul. It's just, it wasn't their day. We were able to play well. Of course, Flavio Santos gets, uh, gets a red card, and that's something we'll have to deal with against Leon, which would be a really good matchup for us, especially at home. And that could be a very good win. And then we had we had uh, Caballero park the bus. But you see, the thing about parking the bus, and I've been very critical of him on, on my Twitter and in my articles, is I don't mind parking the bus. I, there's there's a certain there's a certain extent of good in it, right? When you're doing it in the 80th minute, 85th minute, Caballero has done that in the 70th minute, 65th minute, and he's done it when you've been up 1-0, right? At that point, you know you don't really want to close the house down because it's it's like a it's like a hammer hitting a wall. Eventually, the wall is going to crumble. Right, so I was okay with him putting in Elio Castro and kind of just shutting it down for the last fifteen minutes, and that was fine. You know, it's what you had to do with having one less player. But nonetheless, a very good result for Juarez, something that we needed. Um, definitely unexpected. Uh, I'd lo- I'd love to hear from you guys if if you expected this type of matchup. I I didn't at all. But 
something good to see. Uh, it's a good resolve, kind of uh, gets the media attention in terms of, oh, wow, you just won 3-0 at San Luis. San Luis was playing well. You know, that I think that's kind of what Juarez needs. I think what's very important of this win is that you kind of see the team confidence growing, you know. You see kind of the, the team is starting to believe that that uh, dark horse mentality, right? Because many times you have that Cinderella story, but when they lose a game, it kind of goes downhill from there. And I, li- I liked how the team bounced back, right? How they came back and kind of, uh, you know, sucker punched another team in the mouth, you know, pretty much decided to, oh, okay, like you think you think because we lost, like that's it, right? Quad is going to be back at the bottom of the table. No, they came back, authoritative win, a good win to build on since we'll have uh, two really important games this week. And something to definitely take into consideration as a Juarez fan that not only is it time for us to start believing in this team a little more as a contender, but, you know, the own players are believing in it. And once the players believe in themselves and as a team and as a whole that, you know, they can play with the big boys, I think that's when it'll start to get scary. So uh, in terms of this week for Juarez, they have a matchup on Wednesday, I believe, against Monterrey. Uh, that'll be a Copa matchup. That'll be the first game. And it'll be interesting to see what we there. We'll probably see Flavio Santos get the start just because you won't see league action. And But we'll see a very secondary squad in nature in terms of what we're seeing. But I expect the same from... Actually, I don't know if I expect the same from Monterrey. They might go a little bit more uh, first team type of, type of uh, look. But I don't think that should scare us in terms of what we're trying to get out of Copa. That'll be a good match to cover. I invite I invite people. It's during the week, and I think it's a late start. Usually, most weekday most weekday games are about eight in Juarez. So, you know, I'd invite you guys to go and and, and try to enjoy it. But then the matchup that I think is very important is uh, Sunday's game against Leon. Leon is coming off a two zero loss to Chivas, and but they've been playing good. You know, they they beat Necaxa. Uh, San Luis beat them, they beat Monterrey, they beat Monarcas, uh, they beat Pachuca. You know, it's they, they've been playing, uh, they've been playing okay. My mistake, though. Oh, no, they have beaten Monarcas. So they're, they're a good team, they're a quality opponent. Um, it's definitely something to, uh, it, it's a good opportunity to get another great result at home against another quality opponent. Uh, it'll be interesting how Leon a- attacks this match in terms of. You know, they lost in Coca Champions, they lost to Chivas, and they have another away match against us. Um, but we have to put our, our best foot forward for that match. We have to uh, go with, with all that we have. And, you know, I expect, a, I expect a Juarez win just because we're at home and because we're playing well. Um, the only issue I could see is, is Flavio Santos not playing, being really bad for us in terms of Caballero might be deciding to go back to that three holding midfielder just because he doesn't have anyone else to fill that role. You know, I saw someone comment that uh, Brian Rubio should start, but Brian Rubio is a, a striker. He's, he's your, he's your classic nine, your point man. He's another Lescano, you know? So the thing about that, the position that Santos plays and that Roland plays is that, is that, is the flexibility that they give you, right? Santos can go from playing on the wing, from playing on the behind Lascano to playing as a holding midfielder to trekking back, almost like an Interiago type player. That's the flexibility. Rubio doesn't give you that. 
Now, when Roland's healthy, you know, Santos still starts and he still gives you that flexibility. But Roland fills that role a little bit, but more on the attacking side of it instead of the defensive. Santos allows you to do anything. So I might expect, I'll expect to see the same back line in midfield. I might, I might, we might see three holding midfielders and who knows how it'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what Caballero decides to do. Um, I would like to see Mendieta, but I don't know what's the deal with him right now. Last I heard, he was training with the team, but he hasn't really traveled or, or we haven't seen him on the bench. So I don't know what the deal is with him or, or what's going on. Maybe we'll see him in Copa match. I think, I think we should sound the alarms if he's not playing in the Copa match on Wednesday. If he's not on the bench or if he's not starting, then it's time to kind of get worried and see what's going. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's something at home. Something of that nature, but until then, we'll kind of give him the benefit of the doubt and why we're not seeing him play, but I'd like to see him play against Leon. He's a quality player that provides a different facet and a different uh, different amount of characteristics that Juarez isn't used to in that helping position. He, he's a whole, wholly completely different player than uh, than what Santos gives. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the layout for the week and what we have. Uh, now we're going to get to rumors, in terms of rumors and and what's going on. So I have to pull up all of that stuff. So I had someone ask me about uh, the youth rule in Mexico, which is basically, you know, a certain amount of the, each team has to get a certain amount of minutes to, uh, to fulfill that rule. And I started looking it up and hope, thankfully I was able to find an article about it uh, that broke it down. But essentially is that uh, we still need, to get 647 minutes um, to in, in league games to be able to fulfill that rule, which right now are only two players contributing to that rule are Jose Rodriguez and, and uh, Joaquin Esquivel. So in terms of what that means for us, we may be seeing more of Rodriguez and maybe a little bit of Panuco in matches. Uh, he was the guy, he was the player who, Played really well on that Copa team that made it to the final against America. Um, he got loaned away to Tigres in the Apertura, but now he's back with the first team here in Juarez. And he's seen a little bit of minutes, but he hasn't played that much in terms of first team action or Copa action. But well, we'll be seeing more of them just so we can go fulfill that role with 647 minutes left to fulfill. In terms of half of the season, you're going to have to kind of force them in there. Um, the good thing is... Not that any matchup is easy, but we'll have some um, less challenging opponents coming up, so they'll be able to get some run in there, and hopefully we can put some games away early so they can see some playing time as well. Now, something else I want to highlight is the arrival of the assistant coach that we had. Um, I've, I've wanted to write an article on it. I just haven't had the time for it. And I kind of want to showcase it right now for you guys. And that's Jorge Pautaso. Now, the story behind him is he's been the assistant coach for Tata Martino for 19 years they've been together. He was the assistant coach at Barcelona. He was the assistant coach at uh, with the Argentinian national team. And he was he once uh, Tata went to Atlanta United, he kind of stayed in Argentina and stayed in South America and was assistant coach and head coach there. Well, we brought him in, and it was kind of heralded, but also kind of kept in the dark about it and just how uh, 
what it meant and how big of a sign this was. And when he first came, I didn't really know what his impact would be and what he would do for the team. But man, he is, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due and Caballero has really changed the way. But in terms of playing style and what we've done and what this team is accomplishing, you clearly see that influence in how Tata manages the, the national team and how Tautaso is trying to instruct a style of play here with Caballero's ideas, right? So we see a very fluid team, uh, possession-based, flexible, flexible, fluid, same thing. But formation-wise, they're not stuck to one thing. They're not very robotic. You You see an idea of play, right? You don't really see a game plan like we're going to go down the left wing every single time. No, you see an idea. We're going to touch it around. This is what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to beat him this way. If it's not there, we'll do this, right? And I think it's very clear in how you see the team playing. And I would advise people to go watch them live because you'll see that fluidity a lot better when because when we're attacking, you'll see the fullbacks go up the go up the, the field, and then you'll see Esquivel drop down between the center backs. But then when we're on defense, you'll see a back line of four, and then you'll see our wingers and Flavio Santos come down and you'll have like a four, five, one, and you'll be heavily defended in the midfield and then counterattack. You'll see how quick we're able to switch from offense to defense, defense to offense. So I just want kind of just wanted to highlight his importance and how important he's been to Juarez success. You know, I believe a lot of his influence is the reason why Caballero is is having the team how he is. Obviously, you got to give credit to Caballero as well and how he's managed the team and how he's asked for players and what players we've brought in. I don't think there's been any one strikeout in terms of players we've brought in for the Liga MX squad. In that sense, so that was different. You know, we've had our flops here and there, but I think for for our first our first year in first division football, we've brought in quality players who have been able to make an impact right away. So. After the game, uh, I decided to put out a, a, a tweet, just kind of asking for some uh, some some feedback uh, on the game, and and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast so you guys can kind of chime in as well. and And I just appreciate you guys all reaching out and and give it in. So I'm about to start reading them right now. So first tweet is Ryan McCart at not bread alone twenty one, and he says. Average two goals per game went away. So that's three wins, two lies, and zero losses. That's really good. And that's when we – oh, sorry. Average two goals per game went away. And then we're three wins, at two, two ties, and zero losses when we score first. We've improved from set pieces, five of seven goals from set pieces on the road. And we've increased our assertiveness on road. And that equals a more cause. I, I, I cannot agree more on that. 50-50 balls and bounces are going our way. And, yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I didn't know about that was our our uh, that was our uh, win loss when we score first. That's very indicative of how we have to be attack oriented at all times. Uh, set pieces that's definitely something I want to touch on because we've gotten better in terms of corner kicks. Uh, I think I think the improvement on set pieces has been seen more in Copa since we've scored a little bit more on those. But I definitely think it's something to it's something to highlight in how we've been able to kind of uh take advantage of uh of set pieces which is something great teams do great teams are good at uh set pieces and the increased assertiveness i think it's what i was talking about with Bautasso coming in he's he's been he's been great so i think it's something that we have to uh 
we have to kind of give it his way where the team but then assertiveness comes from being more confident and, and i think last year that's something the team lacked we were playing good last year but we just weren't confident to kind of close out those games again from ryan injuries slash suspension taking a toll rubio for flavio and safe formation or returns to three defensive midfields oh, i touched on that i don't think rubio for flavio is a correct change i'd like to see willie in there but my fear is we'll more than likely see three defensive midfielders but that all depends on kind of what happens with uh roland and, and how he's coming along and again from ryan and let's talk about flavio using veteran savvy to time his run perfect to follow this kind of shot and then complete boneheaded foul outside the box for red car so the veteran savvy yes most definitely you know that's something that I think some people miss out on where they don't follow a shot uh, hoping for an error, and he found the error, and, and he and he took advantage of it. Now, with the boneheaded foul, I didn't really think that was a foul. I think the, at that time of the match, I think both teams were kind of uh, kind of a little amped up, a little uh, hostile. So I think that just kind of led – because you saw after the guy fell, he, he pushed uh, – I think it was uh, Berterame pushed uh, – Olivera to the ground. So I think it was just in terms of how he the, the 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 match was at that point. And I thought the the ref kind of lost control of the match. And I think he just had to do that to kind of reestablish. But I didn't think that was another yellow since I don't he it looked like he he wasn't under him. He didn't really trip. But that's just my opinion. Again, it's boneheaded just be just because of the simple fact that it's a red card when he's a player that's important for this team. Next we have uh, Victor Mejia. And he said, uh, definitely Mendieta needs more opportunity, but against Leon, mm, no. Hopefully Roland is ready. Yeah, I I'm, I definitely think Mendieta needs that opportunity against Leon. I think the reason we haven't seen him is due to maybe an injury since he hasn't been on the bench. I don't know if he's traveled. He's come out in training pictures, but I don't know if he's traveled that much. And with Roland being ready, I my guess would be I think we still have probably about a week, week and a half till he's ready. I'd like to be surprised this weekend, but in terms of the initial timetable that was given, I think we still have about a week left to finally see him being able to be considered. Uh, from Victor Torres, time for Mendieta to show up, or is he injured? I think he's injured, but um, who knows? Uh, I know he was dealing with a nagging injury, but it seems like he's training with the squad in full practices, and and he hasn't traveled and he hasn't been on the bench. So that's definitely a concern. Uh, good first half. Again, with advantage, we suffered to keep the result. Today we were lucky. Need to work on that. That's from Martin Castro. Yes. I think the second half was that, um, you know, we had we had a, a good advantage and we decided to kind of just pack it in. And like I said, it's definitely something we need to work at. S- sort of uh, be able to have that counterattacking presence just so the team doesn't get too comfortable on the offensive side and just kind of starts ramming the battering ha- the battering ram all the way down on us and we just kind of take it and 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 not really respond and because if you do that there's going to be a team that's going to catch you and score a couple goals on you that way um frank Curral says talk about max Oliveira and romo please also hasbrow was going to comply with the under 21 minutes rule. well i touched on the under 21 minutes rule right now i think it was your tweet that kind of made me uh, look it up but yeah, like I said, we'll be seeing a lot more of uh, we'll be seeing Esquivel for sure, but we'll be seeing a lot more of Jose Rodriguez and Panuco because we're about six hundred minutes shy of completing. And then Maxi Oliveira and Bruno Romo, underrated signings, really, really great players. Um, Oliveira had an assist. Romo has a goal, has two goals in the season. He had a goal against San Luis, but they just kind of you know 
it's it's uh it's funny to say, but they just hold it down back there. You know, you don't really. I remember last year, anytime the another team would attack, you would kind of get nervous because you're like, man, what's going to happen now? What error is going to happen now? And even the first game against Chivas, you know, La Serra just did not look good. And I think this game, you know, we see, uh, or from there on now, since we've had Roman Oliveira, you don't really have that worry. Those are quality players who, who if they make a mistake, you know, they make a mistake, but more times than not, you know, they, they rely on their experience and, and, and their style and how we play to kind of get us out of tough situations. And, you know, they've been playing really good, really good. Uh, Christian Huerta says Esquivel didn't start because he was called up to the national team. Yep, that's not a problem. That was It was mainly just a thing of seeing what Caballero would do in terms of starting him or bringing him off, and he brought him off the bench. So I think that's good. Uh, you don't want to run him into the floor since he is such an important player. Uh, and then I don't know how to say that one, but at Lever Gusano says Mendieta Rubio o hasta la mejor Roland for um, that. That's for the question concerning uh, who to play for Santos. Yeah, I would say Mendieta if Roland's healthy, definitely Roland. But like I said, I think he's he's about a week out, and uh, so we don't want to force that in terms of have have hurrying him back and then having him out for a longer time. So my guess is it's it's in between three holding midfielders or Mendieta as a starter, and then we'll see Intriago and Esquivel or or Intriago and Ramonier. And uh, so that was the questions I had asked, and I think that covers it all. You know, um, today in the morning I broke on my Twitter that uh, Roland is back in Juarez and he should be in training today. I haven't seen any pictures released. Maybe it's you know, I'm uh, taping this at. Uh, 315 so maybe by, by the time this is released he's out there uh, and there's pictures out there so hopefully we get to see him soon and uh, hopefully we see him back he's, he's a really important player for us um, I think it's underrated what he does I think what he brings to the team goes much more than scoring goals it's just what the defense has to what the defense has to focus in on him is really is really what makes his impact felt right because it gives the more mobility it gives Rayo more mobility when Saga it gives him more mobility so in terms of the attention that is required of him that's that's really what's uh what's uh important to see and important to uh to watch live so um yeah it's a good win by Juarez 3-0 um Definitely appreciate uh, all the support. It's a big week in terms of uh, the matches we have. Uh, I'll be there on Wednesday. I'll be there on Sunday. Um, I, I don't usually live tweet games just because I'm at the stadium and uh, reception's kind of spotty. But I'll have my thoughts up um, the day after in my article. I, I, I invite all you guys to go check me out at Fansided at Viva Liga MX. Uh, I dropped my uh, recap this morning of the match. And uh, I invite you guys to support the podcast, you know, really uh, spread it out there. Try to get it out as much as you can. Retweet, like, like the tweets. Uh, follow me on on Twitter, at Caballo Suarez, capital C, capital J, for all your news. Uh, I really appreciate all the support. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, so in terms of podcast schedule, I'll be trying to do in between Mondays and Wednesdays to drop a new one. So uh, I went with Monday today just because we played on Friday. But when we play on Sundays, you can probably expect it uh, 
Tuesday or, or Wednesdays of that week. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the support, guys. I hope uh, you guys enjoy it. Love to hear feedback and uh, more fan questions. We'll be trying to. Uh, I'm trying to collaborate right now with certain guys to kind of have some guest hosts and even have some fans. Um, you know, kind of come on. I'm trying to work on that. Uh, I'm talking about you, Ryan. So, in terms of that, you know, uh, we're trying to trying to get that settled out for right now. It's just me, but I'm gonna try to have a people come on, just have a different uh, different uh, points of view about Juarez. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate um, this is uh, Los Caballos in the podcast. Go ahead and follow me at uh, at Caballos Juarez. And uh, signing out, Arriba Juarez.